conducted as a podcast featuring active service members discussing thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of our guests and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, you are discussion advice. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pit Talk, Pulling Pits and Opinions with your host, Gunny G. We are on these little short sessions, Adversity and Resilience. As you can see, I'm not in my normal studio. I'm in the car. I had to get Jake on the phone and had to, I had to get his opinion on, on his transition. Uh, Jake, say hello to the listeners. What's up, guys? What's going hey, on? I, li- I like the backdrop, by the way. It's way better than mine. I got to get, I gotta hey, get on board thank with you. that. Thank you, man. Um, we'll get started, dog. Like, uh, I know that you're a busy man. You're doing a lot of things over there. Uh, F45, you're a coach. Uh, can you, can you let them know, uh, where you're at right now? Yeah. So I'm currently coaching F45 Mary North. Uh, we're over in, on Hidden Springs in, uh, Wildemar area, just outside of Menifee off Clinton Keith. Um, if you guys are local and you're a first timer, swing by, let's get you hooked up with a three-day trial come try us out and i'll smoke you it'll be fun hell yeah i think marines make the best coaches to be honest hey absolutely man absolutely when they when they picked me up i was like hey i've been doing this man i've been doing this for the last 10 years of my life been coaching like this is this is great you know oh yeah it's easy transition so that's good man i'm glad that that part is you got purpose though you know what i mean absolutely yeah yeah. so go ahead go ahead what you got We'll we'll start off with the you know the basic basic questions you know mm. how long have you served you know how, what and what capacities have you served and um, yeah. get started yeah well uh, so I was in for uh, 13 years I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school um, mostly because uh, I didn't really have like a plan I wasn't a great student in high school and so I was kind of like well you know I've, I'll go do this like I, I like you know, physical aspects of things. I'll go join the Marine Corps and be a part of something bigger than myself. Uh, I feel like those are like those catchphrases that people use. Um, and so I did that, uh, grew up a lot, obviously in a really quick amount of time. I graduated high school, turned 18. And then 10 days later I was, you know, getting my face melted by like my drill instructors or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to, I don't know. I think he's a gunny these days, gunny Morales. Um, and I believe, the other two are probably, you know, first sergeants or sergeants major at this point. But yeah, great time, great time. Um, so I joined uh, right out of high school, learned a lot, gained a lot of life experience at a very young age. Um, you know, thought I was being a leader and all these things, and um, just needed to kind of get out of the hometown, you know. Yeah. And uh, while I was while I was serving, I served as uh, an aircraft mechanic for the first couple of years of my career. Uh, went over to the depot, obviously, man. Shout out freaking third battalion. Um, Heel company alumni. Good times there. That's where we met. Uh, and then I went back to the fleet. I served as a squadron gunny for a year and some change all the way through COVID and whatnot. So that was a pretty interesting time. And then uh, went to production control or maintenance control in my last unit, um, <clears throat> F-18 unit. And, you know, like got my safer flight and did, uh, you know, some qualifications there and some training there. It was good times. Um, but yeah, so mostly air wing, obviously a little bit of that depot action in there. But yeah, those are the capacities, man. And then, um, like I said, 13 years, you know, right out of high school. So this is like my first time, like being a real normal person, you know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> we'll touch yeah. that here in a second, dog. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that transition is rough for, for all service members, right? Across the board. Right. And I wanted to touch that on here a little bit, but uh, do you think that the Marine Corps, obviously there's pros and cons to everything, every decision we make. Uh, do you think there's more pros or did, did it put you at a disadvantage going into the civilian sector? It's it's a little tough. It's a little tough. So um, leaving the Marine Corps for me, um, you know, I know we talked on the phone a little bit uh, before we got on here. I told you that, you know, 
a big catalyst, a big reason for me was once I could no longer like fully invest myself and know that I'm in like, I'm in this uniform and I'm in this game 100% that like I need to pull out and, uh, you know, pursue some other things. So I was in that position in uh, 2019 when I left the uh, Recruit Depot. Um, I was like hell bent on getting out of the Marine Corps, ready to go. I attended uh, TRS. I did, you know, all of my capstone. I did everything, you know, ready to leave. And then I was, uh, my timeline was um, July of 2020. That was going to be rolling. And I missed my deadline for reenlistment. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much like set 2020, getting out, moving on, uh, doing whatever. And then uh, at the time I was going through some, some like marital issues with my ex-wife and, uh, you know, ex-wife. So obviously didn't work out, uh, which thankfully it didn't work out because it opened a lot of other doors for a lot of other much better things to work out. Uh, you don't realize that in the time, um, but, you know, a couple years down the road, you're like, oh, this like catapulted me in the right direction. Um, but uh, yeah, so going through some tough times there. You know, I was thinking in my mind, as a lot of younger guys do, like, if I just get out of the Marine Corps, this is going to solve my problems with this relationship or solve my problems with this area of my life. And I kind of realized, you know, broad spectrum now, looking back, like, the Marine Corps was never my problem in that situation. It was like two incompatible people, you know, just being incompatible and being toxic towards each other. So it was never like the Marine Corps was my issue. The Marine Corps obviously added stress because, you know, I was coming off of being a drill master. I was going back to the fleet, like now relearning these jobs and trying to relearn how to be a regular Marine and not like a dude wearing like that hat up there or whatever. You know, so I'm learning how to do that. I'm learning how to be a husband. I'm learning how to be my son was only like a year and some change old. I'm learning how to be a dad still. I mean, you know, as a dad, you're learning how to be a dad every day, you know, and yeah. for the rest of your life, you learn a little bit more. So. I'm learning how to do all these things. And so I was just like targeting the one thing that I really had control over, which was like whether or not I stay in the Marine Corps. And uh, I feel like a lot of junior Marines, I'm not saying I was junior in that sense. I was a staff NCO, but, you know, it was my first time going through a divorce. It was my first time going through all these crazy things. So like yeah. learning firsthand as it's happening. And, um, you know, I kind of realized like, you know, this is what I had control over. So I decided I'm, you know, I'm going to get out. I'm going to move on with my life and it's going to fix everything. Um, fast forward, uh, my Sergeant Major, when I had checked into my old unit, he left. I got Sergeant Major Bull on board. Shout out to Sergeant Major Bull. I know there's a little controversy there with, uh, you know, the things that he went through toward the end of his career. But um, I'll just say this firsthand, that dude mentored me like no other leader has ever mentored me in my life. I mean, a sergeant major just brings you in, sits you down, has like a three page questionnaire, asks me all these questions about my life, about who I am, just gets to know me. And then, uh, you know, I guess he liked what he saw. So he was like, you know, I'm going to make you my squadron gunny and we're going to go from there. And I mean, included me on every higher echelon thing he could include me on. I just learned so much about what it meant to actually lead and not just like, well, I have a rocker and I'm in a leadership position. So by virtue, I'm a leader, which I don't believe in whatsoever. Taught me, you know, how to lead and how do we invest it in individuals. And uh, basically was like, you're going to get out of the Marine Corps. You're going to throw this all away for this individual. Uh, and it, what if it doesn't work out still? You know what I mean? Like this is completely out of your control. Fast forward a couple, uh, you know, a few more months. I'm past my deadline. I called my monitor. He said, we have 14 packages in already and there's only 13 boat spaces. He's like, so you can submit one. Like, we'll take it late, but you know, no promises. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, you know, I made my bed. I'll sleep in it. I submit my reenlistment. And a few days later, uh, I was accepted for enlistment for my, this last term somehow, you know, um, got in there and rocked it for my last, uh, my last four years. So that extended me out to 20. Uh, 23 right now, you know, just, just about, I'm like not even a couple weeks away from my official EAS day. So I'm not officially EAS, but I will be in the next, you know, 
couple of days. Like this is my first time not having a paycheck on the schedule. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, shout out to, to Sergeant Major Bull for really, uh, you know, actually investing in me as, as a, you know, a senior leader, you don't have to, I feel like you don't have to sit down with every individual, but you know, he took the time to do that for me. Um, you know, kept me in. So I think a big portion of that adversity for me was like, like with my catalyst was external to the Marine Corps. I loved what I was doing, but I just had pinned all of my external stress on the Marine Corps because that's, I feel like that's what Marines do. We're like, yeah. like we're real people, you know what I mean? We're real people at the end of the day. Yes, this is a uniform I wear. Yes, I'm a Marine 24 seven. Yes, all these things. Got it. Check in the box, like the recruiting lingo, the like bigger than yourself. Got it. 100%. But at the end of the day, like I've come home and I have people to answer to. I have relationships I have to maintain. And when those things don't go well, you know, I can, it's easy to point it back to the job that's making me work more than 40 hours a week. You know what I mean? Um, And at the end of the day, yes, we're 100% Marines, all that 24 seven. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta blow off some of this steam. And if, if this is what I'm imagining in my mind is causing my stress, then I'm going to take some sort of action to alleviate that at some point. So that's where I was originally. Uh, now fast forward to, you know, now, right. Uh, this time transitioning. So I told you, I got back in, I was like fully reinvested. I'm in it for the long run. I, uh, I met, so my wife now I met my wife, uh, you know, obviously then we were just dating or whatever. I met her, we started talking and it was just one of those things where everything started lining up. Like I, I had been, uh, once I got back, uh, when I, when I reenlisted this last time, I, uh, I decided, you know, I'm getting my life together. I'm going to go to school. Like I need an actual plan. If I'm going to get out of the Marine Corps and do this successfully and do it the right way, I need to have an actual, an actual, like legitimate, tangible plan. Not just like, I'm going to get out. And then just, you know, wherever the waves like hit my boat, just kind of drift in that direction. Um, so she was, she's a teacher full time. I'd been going to school for the last couple of years on a history program and I'm, I'm still in that program, but, um, you know, to be a teacher. So that like lined up right away. I was like, oh, that's crazy. We're both already pursuing similar career paths. Um, uh, you know, fitness was like, top priority for her. Like we're going to be fit. Like if we're going to be together, we're going to be working out. We're going to be fit. We're going to be active. We're going to be active in the, not just like in our own lives, but in our community. And like, we're going to impact, you know, our families. We want to set the right example, all these things. So needless to say, we just hit it off. Um, and it made, it made this next transition, like I said, tangible for me. So then I was like, okay, I have these things lined up now. I don't have a lot of custody of my son, obviously. So that's kind of like a big portion there. Like if I can stay in one area, which there's a massive chance, you know, I I wouldn't be able to stay some, uh, you know, in the local area, which my son lives out here, staying in the Marine Corps, Um, which I get it. That's part of the job, but that's one of those things that pulled me away, you know? So it's like, when I think about why I get out or why, when I, when junior Marines would ask me, you know, do I stay in or do I get out? And I would just always ask them, like, don't think about what the Marine Corps is doing to push you away. But what are the things that are outside that are pulling you out of the Marine Corps? Like, oh, it needs to be strong. It needs yeah. to be strong. You can't be like, I've been with a girl, like I have a girlfriend and we've been together for two months and, you know, I'm 19 years old and she's pulling me away from the Marine Corps. I'm like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, dude. Like, you're still learning how to be a Marine. You're still learning all these things. Like you still got, you still got at least a couple years left before you really feel out what the Marine Corps is about. Um, you know, so don't focus on the things that are pushing you away, focus on the things that are pulling you away. So if something's really pulling you away and it's a strong thing, like something that is concrete, like for me, my son, um, that right there is kind of like a, I don't want to leave this area because then I already don't see him, you know, as it is just because of the nature of California and the way custody and all that stuff works. Yeah. Um, I already don't see him enough as it is. So if I were to go across, you know, across country or, you know, over to Japan, which is usually where the air wingers go, like, you know, it's one place or the other, it's California, South Carolina or over to Japan. So it's like, that's what we're going to be. I'm going to have even less custody of my son. It's just not going to work out. So that was obviously a big reason to try to keep me here. So that was like, kind of a big sort of anchor right there for me. Like I want to remain anchored, you know, in California. And I know that, what was it? 20, I can't remember, 2021 or 2022, 
they released like forced guidance saying, you know, we're going to start allowing homesteading stuff like that. Or uh, at least, you know, it's like, we're going to everything, you know, the Marine Corps, man, every, everything is allowed up into the needs of the Marine Corps. So it's like, we're going to encourage homesteading until we need you to go here. And then, you know, no harm, no foul. You sign up, you sign the blank check. If that's what you need me to do, that's what you need me to do. Um, I get that, but that's just not really wasn't in the cards for me anymore to, uh, you know, pick up and remove my roots and go somewhere else being, uh, kind of anchored to this area, you know, via my son. So, you know, that, those are the two big things. And then, you know, my current wife, her and I just, we started hitting it off. We started talking goals, plans, dreams. And I was like, look, I'm not dating you just to date you. Like if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. And we need to commit and like rock and roll. A couple years later, you know, we're, you know, getting married. Um, you know, we have our own house. We have all these things. Uh, you know, finding someone, I guess I would say finding someone was like a level up for my whole life, finding someone who was like equally, if not more driven, equally, if not more determined, already goal oriented, career oriented. I'm go like, she was like, I'm going this way. You can come with me or you, you know, you don't have to, but I'm going. So like get on the train or get off the train. We're going, you know? Yeah. Okay. So like it kind of forced me out of my comfort zone a little bit because then it's like, well, dang, like now I have like like I have no excuse now. Like if I want to talk about moving on to a different career, like now I got to put my money where my mouth is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so those were like my biggest catalysts, man. And, um, you know, I think once I started and really got deep into my school, like I'm a senior now, I'll finish probably I have like 10 more classes on my degree plan. Um, once I once I got deep into that and realized like, oh, I'm very capable of doing things other than what the Marine Corps wants me to do. It took me a while because I was so comfortable being a Marine. I was doing things that made me uncomfortable as a Marine, but like being a Marine, dude, that's like, I could coast. I was like, oh yeah, I know how to do this. I know when, to, like, I know how to get a haircut every week. I know how to be on time. I know how to go to the gym, you know, and I know how to mentor people and teach people and do all that. So it's like, okay, whatever. I can cruise in the Marine Corps. But then that kind of started to scare me a little bit. I was like, wait a second. Like if I am in that comfortable position, am I staying in this organization because I'm like, like able to do it easily? I don't know if that's a good motivation to stay somewhere because you start to get used to something. Granted the Marine Corps throws you, you know, promotions and with promotions comes more and you get uncomfortable again, then you get comfortable again. And I get that. And I got, uh, I was actually, a I was selected for Gunny. So that was kind of like a major turning point for me was like looking at that. And I was like, well, now I have to make a decision. It's like, yeah. now it's like I either pin and I give you two more years or I don't. And, you know, I kind of seal my fate as a staff NCO at that point. Like you don't just come back and be like, well, I want it back. You know, like you're done. The Marine Corps gives you that, that little golden carrot or whatever. And you don't take it. It's like, okay, well, you know, see you next time, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I finally, like I sealed my fate there and obviously didn't, uh, didn't promote, which we'll, we'll, I think we'll probably talk a little bit about like regrets and stuff like that. I don't regret that. Um, but that's more of like a, like a wonder type thing. I wonder what could have been uh type of thing. Those are my main reasons. I know that's long winded, man. I'm sorry for talking <laughs> so much about those things, but, uh, those are my two biggest reasons. This is my son and my wife. And then I guess like a, and under uh, like an underlying thing there would be like learning how to be, you know, just myself in general and not being like the Marine version of myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just want to touch before we get to, before I ask you the next question, cause I got a, you know, I got a couple left. Um, yeah. There was a piece in there. It's not what, it's not the Marine Corps pushing you. It's something pulling you that's mm. deterring. It's being, making you distracted, right. To, to get the full side picture. And I appreciate yeah. that because something, some people are not mature enough to delineate the two. Right. Mm. And so I appreciate that very much. It's like, it's not, it's not the organization. It's definitely the people it's that right. pull you out. Right. And that's good. That's good that if you're listening now, tuning in, it's just, it's make sure that you can differ and be mature about it's not the organization that's driving you out because the organization is good in itself. It's the people that are pulling you or the, you know, the stressors of life that are pulling you out and you got to get really tuned in and really focused in and see, and see what you're about and see if you really want to drink the juice the entire way, the entire way through of 20 years. Right. Uh, but I, yeah. I, hit the, I, you you touched a little bit about what the callus were for your transition, man, your transition. Let's talk about you, you know, you're 
technically you're out now, right? You got a couple of days left, and and it's it's you're it you're out, man. This is it. The transition piece, the TRS piece, the uh, the taps capstone skill bridge. What if you can touch yeah. a little bit about each one, um, and and tell us how your experience uh, can help somebody else out. Um, and in your struggle with your transition, right? Did did people help you out? Did people give you the tools? Was it a was it a check in the box, or was it really helpful, uh, so that right. we can get some you know the full side picture of transition for you, Jake? Okay, yeah, man, absolutely. So here's the thing, and I think this is the biggest thing uh, overarching for me is, and this is something Star Major Bull taught me when I was a squadron gunny. We would legit. I would reach out to the staff NCOs weekly and be like, what are your TRS numbers? Who signed up X, you know, fill in the blank. And why do we not have more people signed up earlier? Like it's such an important class. I feel like it's one of those things where it gets so like, we get so wrapped up in the, in the moment that we forget, like, no, there are real people here serving under me or with me that need my real, uh, like that need to leverage me in my position as a staff NCO, as a leader, they need to leverage that and say like, no gunny, like I need to get in this class. So like, you know, you're, you're able to attend TRS, you know, however many times, obviously we're not going to be like, go to TRS every week for the next 12 weeks before you get out of the military, but sending someone to TRS, you know, I've seen it up to six weeks before the EAS is like the biggest disservice you could do to your junior Marine ever. And well, one, it's against, it's literally against the the whole order regarding, you know, separation and, uh, you know, getting out of the transitioning out of the military. Um, we could, the, my whole thing is like, you're able to attend it X amount. I think it's up to a year out or whatever it is. I can't remember offhand. You're able to attend it up to a year out, like be proactive, get your Marines in early when they don't really have to think about like all the ins and outs, right? Get them in there early. So if they just go in and they want to hit the check in the boxes, great. They hit the check in the box and now their their is complete. So now you don't even have to worry about it. As a staff NCO though, take that individual, get them in there early, hit the check in the box, right? You hit the check for them. You hit the check for yourself. I took care of my Marine. They went to TRS. If they didn't get anything out of it, whatever, that's their problem. Sure. Now send them back, send them back when they're eight to six months in that time frame, send them back when all of a sudden things are tangible for them. So now it's like, oh, if I don't pay attention to like the job interview portion or the resume portion, this can seriously impact me as a future, whatever I want to do. Oh, if I don't want to, you know, if I don't pay attention to how to uh, use my GI bill and, um, you know, use it correctly and take the most advantage of it as possible, getting that full housing allowance that they offer you if you're a full-time student in person. You know, I've got people even still messaging me on Instagram, sent me texts like, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about getting out and I just want to use my GI bill. And I'm like, okay, well, have you like one, have you talked to anyone from the VA? And they're always like, no. And I'm like, well, when do you want to start school? And they're like next month. And I'm like, okay, well, you're already behind the power curve, man, because the VA is looking for at least a four week heads up of like, I'm submitting my, you know, DD-214 essentially saying, look, this proves I was in service. This proves I was eligible. I'm submitting this. And they want at least four weeks to come back to and say, you're eligible to use this. You know, let's get you scheduled into a school, whatever it is, and proof of enrollment and all these things. And then it's like, you got to also understand whatever college you're going to. Are they offering the class that you need per your degree plan in that time frame? If they're not, then you're not going to show proof of enrollment and they're not going to pay you. So like, you're not going to go to school. You're not going to get the $3,000 if you're going to college in you know Southern California or whatever. And that's like a, now a whole wage gap, which is literally something I experienced this last month was like, I got my certificate of eligibility from the VA submitted for, the, for that, you know, maybe two months ago. So I got it relatively quickly reached out to, I go to national university, reached out to them you know, Hey, are you, I'd like to schedule one of my classes, but I've been going to school already. So they're like, well, none of your core classes are available till June. I'm like, okay. Like, so I can't do anything. They're like, well, no, like you can't take any of your core classes. I'm like, okay, well there's $3,000. I'm not going to make now like period. You know what I mean? That's, that's a lot of money, man. Like that's a lot of money. Like that's the mortgage and, and some extra. So like now I'm not getting that because they're not offering the scheduled class that I need. 
Luckily, they were able to come back, say, hey, no, we are offering this class and it falls within your degree plan. So, you know, great there. But like, those are the things you're not preparing for. You're, you're not preparing for like the things like the external institutions. They're not just offering everything you need like the Marine Corps does on a weekly basis. You know what I mean? The Marine Corps, the military in general, they're offering TRS every week. So you might as well get get your kids, your kids, you know the term kids, get your Marines, get your Marines into these classes while maybe it doesn't matter and then get them back into it when it does matter. And they're going to open their eyes and be like, oh yeah, no shit. Like I do need to pay attention to some of these things, man. And, um, you know, I just, the first time I went, um, back in 20, whatever it was, I like gaffed the whole thing off, man. Like 2020 or 2019, I gaffed the whole thing off as a staff NCO. I was in there. I was like, this is useless for me, man. But I was in like the total, like total wrong headspace. I was getting out for the wrong reasons. Like we talked about, I wasn't going to school. I wasn't leveraging any of like my benefits or anything already. Like I wasn't using TA. I wasn't even snapshotting what my GI bill would look like. I was just like, going with the punches. Like this individual says me getting out of the Marine Corps is going to fix things when I know in my heart, it ain't going to fix nothing. So I'm just yeah. whatever, checking the box, checking the box. And then this time I go back and I'm like, I'm bit, now I'm, I'm utilizing the things that the Marine Corps has been telling me to utilize since I was a junior Marine. And now I'm like, Oh dude, there's all these different services for me. Now we have obviously the skill bridge program, um, fast track stuff, like, GI bill classes, boots to business. So many Marines get out and they want to open their own business, which is great because they learn management skills at a young age. And so many of them do it. And then they open a successful business or whatever. They pursue these goals. Now we have boots to business classes. Um, you just attend like the three day track of TRS and then you get to pick the two day track. So like you can do job interviews for the last two days, essentially like mock interviews, resume building, or you can go to like boots to business. I went to Boots to Business. Someday, my goal is to open my own gym, uh, run run kind of like my own CrossFit. Uh, you know, that's like a five to 10 year goal, kind of depending on how teaching goes and how school goes like that. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, actually leveraging the things that they tell you in these classes, you know, leverage is like the key word here, like skill bridge, man. Skill bridge. I built a skill bridge basically from the ground up to be able to do like internship teaching through skill bridge in California schools. So like to become a teacher now it ended up falling through because you needed to, you need a bachelor's degree to be in a classroom essentially. Right. right. So it's not going to work for a lot of those Marines. So it ended up falling through. So then I started scrolling. What can I do? What can I do? And, um, so Nichols, staff Sergeant Nichols, Mike Nichols, the, uh, the famous drill instructor from, from black Friday, right. Or black Friday, dark dawn, whatever other ears, eyeballs, click, whatever it was. He, uh, I was in the gym one night in Miramar and he just walks in like F45 shirt. And I'm like, that's, that's Staff Sergeant Nichols. Dang, what's going on? So I go, I say, what's up to him? And he's like, Hey man, we'd love to get you on their skill bridge program. If you're getting out. And I'm like, I'll check it out. I check it out. Boom. Do my interview, get accepted, do my fit test, like fitness test, get accepted, you know? And then I start over here on, uh, you know, Marietta North F45 and dude, just like, somehow lined up and propelled me into like the next level, you know? So those guys over there, like, I love who I work for. I love who I work with. We got a super solid team. Um, but it just kind of like bounced back to all these things that the Marine Corps had already taught me. So like how to lead, how to, uh, how to be uncomfortable, how to get uncomfortable, how to like survey the room knows who, you know, know who, who's who in the zoo. That's what, uh, Nelson Coburn used to always say is like, if you don't know who's who in the zoo, man, like don't open your mouth, you know, so find out who's that first, those individuals, and then go from there. And uh, I think going through like those actual classes with a mindset of like, oh, I'm going to be successful. I need the, these things are going to help me be successful. So I'm going to pay attention and taking just notes upon notes upon notes. And then also having people that had already transitioned, not just like, uh, you know, this is kind of like turning the table on its, on its head a little bit here. Um, not just like the senior people who transition because a lot of my friends, a lot of my mentors were 20 plus year Marines mm. who are getting that pension. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of concerned with TRS or whatever, but for the most part, like I'm going to get my pension and they already have jobs lined up because it's, you know, they've been networking for the last 25 years in the Marine Corps. They know all these people everywhere and then they just roll right into their next career kind of like, you know, maybe some resume stuff in there, but like, they're like, oh no, let me just bring you on to my, you know, whatever. And they go and they 
start their new career and they just rock and roll. Yeah. But uh, I learned a lot from my junior Marines, like uh, like sergeants and corporals that got out after four or five years. I would reach out to them, you know, staff and CEO, you know, selected for Gunny, all this stuff. I'm reaching out to them like, hey, I'm doing this portion of my transition right now. What's your advice? Like, you know, where did you go? How are you? And they're like, oh, here's a phone number. Talk to this person. Reach out to these people. They'll set you up for this. And I'm like, this is this is the true meaning of the Marine Corps right there for me is like as a leader, you reach back to, you know, your, I don't want to call it my roots, but like where I've been before, like as a junior Marine like struggling, just trying to figure stuff out. And these guys are now mentoring me like through my transition, you know, Hey, Oh, if you need help with, um, you know, VA claims, this is an individual who helped me, uh, you know, just submit and get all my stuff in order before I submitted anything, like just go through my medical records with me and just help me, you know, write a, a good reason for whatever, all these things. I'm like, okay, sweet. I'll take that. Um, another one is like, here's the skill bridge representative for Miramar's direct number. So like, if you're trying to get in on a skill bridge, just she's, and she's all about it. She's like, text me on this number. We'll get you in. We'll get you an appointment. We'll go through your package and we'll get it approved. Like those are big, those are big guarantees, you know? So it's like having those numbers, having those people in your pocket, it just helps so much. It helps so much. Um, so I think it's like, like we said before, you know, as a leader, I think, uh, you don't, you don't, you know, you, yes, you have the responsibility to check the box, like get them in there, check the box. And if they, you know, completely blow it out of the water, blow it out of the stands, like, and just, you know, end up as a, as a statistic, like, you know, yes, that is on them a little bit, but it's like, I feel like as a staff NCO going the extra 10% and not just checking the box, but like checking the box, talking to them about it. What did you learn? If they're like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. blah, And then being like, you know, it's going to hurt me maybe a little bit manpower wise to send you back, but I'm going to send you back when it's going to really matter to you, get them back in those programs. And so that way, like I was the capstone reviewer for my unit, um, my last unit before I left so many times, man, I'd have Marines come up to me and they're like, Oh, I want to do skill bridge. And I'm like, you're and you're doing your capstone review. Like this is the last thing you do to get your check mark or whatever on your checkout sheet to close up your stuff, give it to IPAC and get your DD-214. I'm like, you're doing your capstone review with me. Granted, you can do it X amount of days out, but I'm like, you're doing your capstone with me and you're just now telling me your EAS is three months from now and you now you want to do skill bridge? I'm like, dude, like who who failed you somewhere along these lines? Like who said like you didn't have enough time to do skill bridge? Who said these things? Like, it's like, well, you need to be 180 days out to do skill bridge. I didn't know that until I went to TRS. I'm like, well, when'd you go to TRS? They're like, oh, you know, four weeks ago. I'm like, and your EAS is like next week, dude. Like, come on, man. Like that's a, that's a massive disservice. Now, that being said, I will say one other thing just to kind of wrap up the, the Marine Corps programs here thing is uh, Skillbridge ain't a, it is not a right of like, of Marines. It's not a right to put a Marine on a Skillbridge. It's a privilege in my opinion. Um, you know, whether or not that is, uh, you know, totally accurate, who knows, but like, I feel like skill bridge, man, like my skill bridge has been absolutely amazing. Like it has been so amazing. I've been working with some great people, learned some amazing things and got to do what I love. And they're just, every, it's just been awesome. It's been a great experience. So it's like, when I think about skill bridges, like timelines, a lot of times it's, you'll, you'll get these Marines that are like, 50% invested in the unit and the unit's mission for three and a half years. And they want to leverage a six month skill bridge. And I, and I'm like, dude, you know, if this is your goal, like, yeah, you know, we can write recommendations and all that, but like, you've been giving me 50% effort. You want me to give you a hundred percent effort on your last six months? Like, come on, dude. Like this is a privilege and it's not a right. So like, I think something to say to all Marines out there is like, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of what you like or what you don't like, we already talked about it. It's not the organization that's pushing you away. Field day sucks. Got it. Getting haircuts sucks every week. Got it. Shaving your face every day sucks. Got it. You can't freaking have a freaking tattoo across your neck or whatever. Got it. I know that all sucks. And those are all reasons that, you know, toxic leadership is like the big one you see, like toxic leadership. Um, which we, I need to get into a couple things because there is some toxic leadership for sure. Um, I get it. Those are all big ticket items, but at the same time, it's like, 
no matter where you go in life, that you're going to experience these issues and things that you don't like and people that you don't like and people that you don't want to work for. And you're going to have to work for them. And it's obviously different in the civilian sector. It's like, um, okay, you don't want to work here. Go find another job. And like, you know, that's fine. Give us your two weeks. Go find somewhere else. You'll probably get paid less because you've been with us for X amount of years. Fill in the blank. Now there's a gap. There's there's all these things, right? Um, but what I would say is like, bloom where you're planted. If you're planted in the Marine Corps, which if you sign a contract, you are planted in the Marine Corps, whether you like it or not. <laughs> bloom, man. Bloom where you're freaking planted. Give your effort where your effort is due until your time's up. And then when when you go to ask people for things and you've been a top performer, it might suck. It might suck being a top performer. You, you, you know, you might be a victim of your own accomplishments. Things like, oh, well, we can't really trust other people doing this job. So we're going to make you do it every single time. That sucks. But when it comes to that timeline, that end of that end of the show, where eventually that you're going to have to move on and you're expressing, hey, staff sergeant who, gunny who, captain to this, per- whatever you're saying, I, I want this when I leave. And I've, you know, here are my, here's my brag sheet, man. I've given you guys everything. It's so easy for me to write a recommendation. Like, no doubt whatsoever. Give this Marine a hundred. If you can give him 181 days, give him 181. Like, even though that's out of the order, you know, if you can give him 180, give him 180. But like, obviously there's some give and take there. You got to, you got to earn that man. So, so put the work in where it's due and uh, hopefully people take care of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You touched the, you kind of, Jumped into my last question, man. What what tools? I know you. I know you experienced some adversity. Life, life happened yeah. for you, and then life happened big for you after the depot, right? Uh, so you know, unfortunately, that's that's how sometimes the cookie crumbles. But you didn't stay stuck in that little hole that you know life dug for you. Can you provide right. you know a last minute some last minute advice for those those young individuals, even even older individuals, right? That's still learning. That I'm still learning, right? Can you provide some tools that you used, right? Some support systems that you used and things of that nature so that you can uh, motivate these guys like, hey, I'm transitioning or I am going through this. Give them, some, give them something tangible so that they can yeah. use today, tomorrow, and then the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So uh, number number one, and really, I don't know. I don't, I don't attribute any of my success – uh, my successes transitioning, uh, to myself, um, other than like, other than like, yes, uh, I had to take the advice of the individuals that were advising me and apply it. But like, that's, I feel like that's the easy part, you know, reaching out for help is the more difficult part, especially, you know, the Marine Corps is this macho, like you ask for help, you look weak type of thing, which is just completely ass backwards. But, um, number one is, who are you surrounding yourself with? And I know this is like, it, it seems trivial and it seems very simple, but like, if you're not surrounded with like people who are invested, not only like, yeah, invested in you. Yeah. But like investing in themselves, like when you surround yourself with people who are physically fit, financially stable, um, po- like, like just, uh, like pervasively positive, like just positive in everything that they do, uh, who are not like complainers. Um, you surround yourself with people who value things like fitness, man. And I can't say fitness enough. I get it. I'm a coach. Uh, I like to work out or whatever, but to me, that is like, like the foundation of success kind of in anything is like, how are you treating your own body? Like this, this, your physical being, you know, Like, are you really investing in it? And if you're not, I could probably show you a few other areas of your life that you're really just kind of like, you're chilling in, man. Like you being fit is so, so important. So like, are your friends fit? Are they financially stable? How are your friends relationships? Like, how do they treat their wives? How do they treat their husbands? How are they treating the people that could do absolutely, you know, and this is, you know, separate, but how do they treat people that can do absolutely nothing for them? Right? Like, if they're treating those individuals just like they treat everybody else in a healthy, positive manner, like I can invest in this person. That's like, that is like the key to the game right there. So for me, I'm just going to shout out a few people right here. And these are like not even direct mentors. A lot of them are. Um, but these are people that I've just like served with and observed uh, personally and continue to observe, even if it's just through Instagram or phone calls or whatever, every now and then, like, 
watching those individuals interact in like time in the time space continuum, this has been, you know, insane for me. So Nelson Coburn, you know, Nelson, Simon Sandoval, uh, retired first sergeant. Just if you don't follow him, go get on Instagram, follow this dude. This dude has been there, done that. Uh, and he's still doing it pretty crazy. Uh, Sergeant Major Barry Bull, Eddie Madriz, Anthony Glenn, Nate Miller, uh, retired colonel there. Nate Miller, man, this dude, like, if he invented a time machine and he said, we're going to go freaking straight to the frozen chosen and we're going to do it, I would follow him <laughs> right up, dude. I would follow him anywhere, man. I'd follow that dude anywhere. Uh, and then my two best friends, Chris Merrill uh, and then Mike Harp. These dudes, I'm sure you know Chris. Uh, the, the the old Reg, man, he's a freaking <laughs> officer now, did the whole MESEP thing. Um, these individuals have all just like surrounded me in different ways, whether they know it or not. Like, even if it's me just observing, like I said, their lives through Instagram, watching how they live their lives impacts me, man. And being able to see those individuals take that in and be like, okay, how can I be a little bit more like this person, but make it my own? today and doing that. And then just, you know, it just, it has propelled me forward and propelled me into like, I don't know, the man that I am today, like this new, I feel like a totally different person than I was, uh, even, even two years ago. And obviously I got to shout out, uh, my wife, uh, Celine, cause she's just like in my corner 24 seven, like in the gym, no, go heavier. No work harder <laughs> at home, at home. Same thing. No work harder. No, I'm just kidding, man. Um, but, uh, you know, stuff like that, like he's just in my corner and I've got, I've just got an amazing and incredible support system. Also, my parents have been behind every step, like, uh, crazy is crazy. So when I first tried to get out of the Marine Corps, my dad was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I don't really know. It's just like, I'm doing it because of this. And he was like, okay, you're an idiot. My dad's not like a prior military dude or anything. He was like, okay, you're really dumb. Like, that's not like a good idea. You got mouths to feed. You're a man. Like you signed up for this. You need to stay, you need to keep, you know, stay the course. I'm like, dang, like that sucks. Like, I feel like I probably shouldn't have told you that. Now this time I go to get out <laughs> and I have like a legitimate plan. I'm like, dad, I'm getting out. I'm moving on. I'm doing this. I explained to him like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. And he's like, oh yeah, let's go rock and roll, man. I, yeah. I think this is a good time. This is good. Like you got us behind you. So like having accountability, peer accountability, vertical accountability, horizontal accountability, all those different accountabilities in there, those two uh, have just allowed me to kind of blossom into this new person that's, you know, pursuing these things outside of the Marine Corps. So that's number one, who you surround yourself with, man. And if you ain't surrounding yourself with like high quality individuals while you're in, chances are you ain't going to do it when you get out, man. So if I could say like a, a thing to the junior Marines or just any Marine, man, it don't matter if you're a PFC or the freaking commandant, like, Hey, if you are surrounding yourself with people that are not like making you and making you want more for yourself, making you progress more, um, having those uncomfortable conversations like, hey, dude, uh, you're kind of letting your physical appearance go a little bit. Like, do you need my help? Do you want me to get you back in the game a little bit? Or, hey, I noticed you've been spending like money on some like kind of random stuff. Uh, you know, is everything good? And just recognizing those signs, those, those friends that are going to have the hard conversations and then being able to in, in turn, you know, as a man, I, I speak as a man because I am a man. So I don't I can't speak from a woman's perspective, but just as an individual, you know, I want to say as an individual, swallow your, your ego, swallow your pride and reach out for help when you need help, man. There's been multiple times with all those individuals, or at least most of them that I listed where, you know, I've called those individuals at two in the morning and I get an answer on the phone and the answer on the phone is like, it's like. Hey, let me grab a cup of coffee and let's talk for a minute. Like I'm up, I'm here. What do you need? How can I help? If you don't have individuals like that in your life, man, then that's, you're missing out on probably the, if not the only true secret, like one of the only real secrets of like success in life is having this like circle of people. It doesn't have to be big, but it does need to be quality, you know, and you can tell the quality by how they're living their lives. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's number one. Um, number two, I would say, uh, just like, like trust your instinct. If it looks right, it smells right. It feels right. You know, go after it until it doesn't, you know what I mean? And life has this crazy way of throwing massive curveballs at you when you least expect it. But like when you start making those decisions and you trust your gut, okay, this feels right. I'm going to keep pursuing this. 
stay in something long enough to make a difference. Stay committed something to, to something long enough to make a difference. If you, if you hit a curveball, that's fine. The obstacle is the way. That's you know obviously a stoicism term there. The obstacle is the way. But life is going to make sure you get derailed if it's not the way you're supposed to be going. And it's going to yeah. be, it'll be crazy for you. You know what I mean? And for me, it was like I said, was, you know, my divorce and all that stuff, that kind of derailed me huge. But it like, in a way, re-railed me into the direction I was supposed to go. I learned all these crazy life lessons and how to, how to be, honestly, I feel like I was 20, whatever, I'm 30 now. I was 26-ish then, 25 then, going through all this stuff. And, you know, relatively speaking, that's still a young age, but it's like, I, I was like in the Marine Corps for, you know, all these years and leading people and being in these positions of like leadership. And I feel like after I went through all that stuff, it kind of actually finally taught me like how to be effective, how to be an effective leader and not just say like, you know, well, I'm the person. So this is how it is. You know what I mean? Like, because I got the billet, this means I'm right. Or because I've got the rank now, I'm leading you. And then what I would always tell my junior Marines uh, is like, hey, man, you know, I don't think there's such thing as a bad leader. You know what I mean? People are like, well, there is there, there's bad leaders in the Marine Corps. Like, OK, well, like nine times out of 10, if you if you look right over your shoulder, you look left over your shoulder, ain't nobody following you. You ain't a leader. Like, period. You That's know good. what I mean? So yeah. it's like if, if the, pr the proof is in the pudding. It, there's no, you're not, you're not a bad leader. Leaders make bad decisions. That's, that's, that's the thing that just happens, man. It happens all through history. People in positions make bad decisions because they're the ones that have to make the decision sometimes. And sometimes it don't work out. That's just part of it. But like 99% of the time, those individuals in those leadership positions, like that are legitimate leaders, they're looking out for their individuals and for that mission accomplishment simultaneously. But mission accomplishment obviously has to come before the welfare of our troops. Otherwise, what kind of organization do we have? You can't win battles without attrition. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's the way, such as life, man. Like you cannot win if you're not willing to sacrifice a little bit. So like, yeah, that's I good. guess what I would say is to anyone, you know, looking to do whatever it is they're looking to do, whether it's stay in the Marine Corps for, you know, 30 years and be the next Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, or they're looking to freaking EAS after four years, no harm, no foul. Either way, the shout out to the staff and COs would be do your due diligence for both Marines. Treat them the same. They're both invested. Like you're, yeah, every staff and I've heard a lot. Every staff and CO, uh, every leader is a recruiter. Got it. Check 100%. We have our duties to, uh, you know, keep the good ones, essentially keep the good Marines and the average Marines too. So don't just like neglect people. Um, we have a duty to do that, but at the same time, you have a duty to, to get this person, like, like let them stand on your shoulders and use you as a bridge to climb over the wire to get to whatever their goal is, man. You have real life people here with real life decisions to make, like true leaders are going to help them progress whatever it is they want to do in the future. If you have that tough conversation, hey, I think you should stay in the Marine Corps and they say no. Okay, great. It transitions right then and there, man. Like, like, hey, I'm going to try. I'm going to keep trying until the day you're out of here. I'm going to keep trying to keep you because I want you in my organization. I want you on my team. Got it. But what can I do to help you get successful on the next side? You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's the biggest thing right there, man. And then the individual like you got to be a little selfish, man. You got to be a little selfish when it comes time. When it comes time for you to move to the next thing, you have to put yourself like you have to put yourself first because. I'm telling you, the craziest thing that I wasn't expecting was, well, I guess I was because I had a lot of friends kind of tell me how it is. But when I grabbed my DD-214, I put it in my folder, you know, signed all that stuff, put it in my car. I like took my blouse off, dude. It was an emotional moment. I like took my blouse off, folded it up. I put it in the trunk of my car, like US Marines up, how I always folded it ever since boot camp. Boom, put it in the like trunk of my car. And I was like, Okay. And I like got in my car and I drove off base and I haven't been back. And my blouse is still in my trunk, right where I left it, like right there. And it's just like sitting there, you know? And every day I go to get in my trunk, I like put like my gym bag in there. I'm like, this is weird. Like put it in there, close it, get in my car, drive off. I wasn't expecting it to just be like this. I don't know, whatever. But I haven't, you know, I haven't heard anything from my unit. I haven't heard anything from like 
you know, whatever. It's just like, it's not that I'm not saying you're just a number because you're not, but it's like, if you don't care about your own career and your own self, when you leave, you leave, man, the Marine Corps still got a mission to do and it's no harm, no foul. I'm not sitting here like, Oh, I wish they would have given me a, a freaking high five or like a, whatever, like a thank you, all this stuff. Hey, if you're in the Marine Corps, you didn't sign up for thank yous and high fives, man. That ain't what you signed up for. You signed up blank check up into the cost of your life, dude, your freaking life. So when you, when they go to cash any part of that check, you know, you're not getting a thank you. You're getting used, man. You signed up to be used by and leveraged by the Marine Corps. So don't be mad. Don't be mad when the Marine Corps uses and leverages you, but just know like, Hey, I'm going to get mine. I've got 36 months of my GI bill, man. I didn't use a penny of my GI bill while I was in the Marine Corps. And I'm a senior in college. Like I've used all these different tools that the Marine Corps has given me. And I think the number one tool that I've learned is how to be comfortable when I'm uncomfortable. There's been times where it's 2 a.m., my wife's in bed asleep, and I'm just jamming out papers, man. I'm just like typing away, typing away, typing away. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, I did this for a living as a numbered hat, dude. I was uh, 2 a.m., I was like, I got three more hours before these bitches are awake, bro. Like, I'm chilling, like freaking, dude, 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 like just cruising, man. Give me another coffee. I'm rocking and rolling, dude. Like, and uh, Randall Parks, uh, you, you know Parks, obviously. Um, I remember one time he told me, like, the biggest thing that he learned, uh, or not the biggest thing, but one of the things that he learned, he was like, uh, when he first transitioned and started full-time real estate, you know, he was telling me, um, him and Nelson came over to my house when I lived in Temecula. And he was like, yeah, the craziest thing is, is like, uh, this, like the business that they're in is like, all it takes is a little bit of hard work. I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, you know, none of these, none of the agents like in Southern California, like they don't understand what you do as a drill instructor. I'm like, how does it correlate? Like, how does being a drill instructor correlate to, you know, being a real estate agent? And, and, uh, Randall's like, dude, I just put myself on lights. And I was like, that's it. And he's like, yeah, I just put myself on lights. I'm up at four and I go to bed at 11 PM and I'm out, I'm just out producing everybody. And I'm like, dude, you know, maybe that's not super sustainable sleep wise. Like I get that, but he's like, yeah, I just put myself on lights. Like it's casual. I'm, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed at 11 PM. I'll get up around 3:45 and I'm already I'm already 6 hours like more in my day. Like I've increased my time cap- like capacity by 6 hours than the average person going to sleep at 9 and waking up at like 8 in the morning or whatever it is, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so I'm like, I don't know, it's crazy because it's like those are the things you don't realize that the Marine Corps gives you. It's like, yeah, dude, it's dude, there there's some times where I'm like thinking about memories in the Marine Corps. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking or doing with my life? And almost all of them reflect back to those days as like a green belt drill instructor. I'm like, just vivid memories of being like, why am I here? What am I doing? All these (laughs) things. And then nowadays, nowadays I'm like, oh, I have to stay up till midnight tonight because I need to get a couple paper, extra papers done. Cause I ran out, you know, I didn't properly plan my time out to, to finish both of these, or I got something at work that I needed to take care of. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. Like, that's whatever. Yeah. Okay. Step till midnight, jam out a couple papers. Peace. Like next question. And you know, it's like not even, it's no harm, no foul. I'm not double, I'm not double tapping it in my mind at all. I'm just like, yep. Midnight check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, learning to be uncomfortable or learning to be comfortable in the uncomfortable situations, man. Oh, you want me to work a 40 hour work week? Dude, give me 50. Give me, 50. I'll take 50, man. You offer him 50. I'll take 50. You know what? Give me, 55 and I'm still cruising. Give me 60, man. You know, and that's, I think kind of one of those things like, uh, at F45 and I don't mean to take more of your time or whatever, but, um, at F45 (laughs) is your show homie. uh, Yeah, no, at F45, um, I got to say, well, it's not just at F45, but I got a saying, right. And my saying is never thank me for doing my job. So like, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, don't say thank you to me. Like, you know, tell me, you know, tell me, Hey, keep doing what you're doing, but don't say thank you. Cause this, it's a thankless job, man. I don't want, I don't want to thank you unless I'm legit above and beyond what you want and what you expect. Um, but, uh, like the owners over there, obviously they're, they're my bosses. Um, and, uh, you know, there's this like kind of running joke where they'll be like, Hey Jake, is it possible if we can, you know, can I ask a favor of you? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? You know, like, what do you got? And it'll be something like, uh, Hey, can you upload an extra class to the schedule? And I'm like, man, 
like when you when you say you need a favor, like give me something, give me a little something difficult, man. I thought you were gonna ask me to like do something serious, like you want me to manage the studio for a month or something like that. Not not can I take five minutes of my day and upload this, man? Like, hey, just tell me, I'll do it. You know, like you don't need to ask, you don't need to ask me for favors, man, because I'm so used to the Marine Corps being like, hey, it's 4 p.m. or 1600, and uh, you know, tomorrow we have an inspection. Uh, you know, so we're going to field day, we're going to field day the squadron or the spaces and, uh, you know, or like battalion commander inspection, like, Hey, green belts, like, Hey, tomorrow's battalion commander inspection. I hope you got energy drinks. Um, because you're going to be pretty tired. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> use your fire watch, but they can only be awake for one hour at a time, four at a time. So like, you know, figure it out, like number that's engaged. You're just like, you know, here we go. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. used to that. Where it's like, hey, can you can I can I ask a quick favor for you? And if tell me, you can tell me no if you need to. I'm like, sure, what's up? Like, oh, can you just do this thing that's gonna take you seven minutes? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, 100p, dude, 100%. You know, next time when you say the term, you, can I can you do me a favor? Can I ask a little more of you? Give me something hard, man. Give me something <laughs> real bad. Give me something yeah. bad. You know, it's gonna tear me up. Um. But uh, a couple, I just have a couple closing shots here, man, that I wrote down notes wise. Okay. Um, and then uh, obviously I'll let you go. You can let me go and I'll stop running my, my freaking mouth. Um, okay. So let me just make sure I hit all these. I hit all those. Um, yeah. Okay. So one thing I kind of want to add on to catalysts that I didn't add on before. Um and this is a this isn't a direct shot at staff NCOs, but it is a direct shot at staff NCOs because I was a goddamn staff NCO, right? Um, there's nothing that makes me more mad, probably in the Marine Corps, than um, doing staff NCOs only things for or events that are not supposed to be staff NCOs only events. Okay, uh, and I'm just gonna say this because this is these these are. Um, like this is specifically from my last couple years of the Marine Corps, last few few years or last like two years of the Marine Corps. Um, I love to work out. I'm physically fit. I got it. Whatever. Like that's why these events don't fucking bother me or whatever. Um, you want you want to the way I look at it in the Marine Corps is like you want to pay me to run a PFT. You want to pay me to work out to do something I'm going to do anyways, and that takes up three hours of my morning or my afternoon. Okay, great, and I don't have to worry about like like admin stuff and junior Marines and all these things for three hours. Okay, sweet. Let's go run a PFT, bro. I'm in. We had a CGRI in my last unit, man. We had a CGRI, Command General's Readiness Inspection. And you know, with those, whatever the season is, comes either a PFT or a CFT. Sometimes if you're lucky, you get both. You know what I mean? Um, so we had a CFT, right? CGR, CFT. And uh, they sent out the roster. And we were in a big unit, man. We had a lot of individuals there. Big unit for the air wing. Roster goes out. Previous day, right? Next morning, I'm like, I'm looking at, oh, yeah, I'm on the roster. Sweet. Okay, I got to go run a CFT. Peace. Grab my stuff, head over there, you know, take my chevrons off, put my boots on, whatever. Boom, go over there. They start reading off the attendance roster, okay? Freaking Lance Corporal, whoever. Here. Lance Corporal, whoever. Corporal here, whatever. Moving their way up. Like Staff Sergeant Scott, here, yeah, I'm here, cool. And they start reading Staff NCO's names, right? And it's like, Staff NC Staff Sergeant this person. And I'm like, like, what? It's quiet, you know what I mean? Like, it's quiet, what's going on? Gunny this person, okay? Like, weird. Staff Sergeant Gunny, Staff Sergeant Gunny. There's three Staff NCO's there, man. One of them was just there to support his Marines, so good for him. Shout out to Brent Mabry because he's a freaking beast, man. Still grinding, still doing the thing. The other one that was there, uh, somehow, you know, somehow figured it out. You know, weird, super fit dude makes it to the CGRI CFT. The rest of them, I have Lance Corporals, dude. The, the CGRI team is is calling this attendance, and I have Lance Corporals saying, like, raising their hand. Oh yeah, uh, hey, my gunny went to medical this morning, and I'm like. I'm like, what is going on, bro? What is going on? And then another one. Oh yeah, my staff sergeant went to medical with him. I'm like, I'm like, what? This morning you had ailments? Like you saw the roster yesterday at 1500. This morning you have ailments, bro. Like legit ailments. You got wounds now. You got something going on. And your Lance Corporals, like 
PFCs, Lance Corporals, Corporals, Sergeants, whoever it is, are telling the CGRI inspection team that you're a medical. You know what I mean? Dude, to me, that completely goes against everything that the Marine Corps embodies. And I know this is just like a parting shot um, at, at one unit. I, I hope this isn't the whole unit. But it ties into this other thing that I'm going to say with the staff and CO events thing. There are multiple times I see emails come out. Staff NCO CFT this day, this time. And it's staff NCOs only. I'm like, a staff NCO only CFT. What is that, dude? What, like, what even is that? Like, how, like, how else are you going to freaking show your Marines, like, what you still got left in the tank if you're doing staff NCO only CFTs and PFTs? You know what I mean? Because they see you every day. They see you every day at 1030 in PT gear going to gym time, but they ain't seeing the gains every day. So then when the CFT comes, you're like, well, we're going to run a staff NCOs only CFT with the, the 15, 20 of us that are here. We'll do it. We'll do it by ourselves. So none of the Marines can be there to me, man. That is like the most backwards thing I've ever seen in the Marine Corps uh, in the 13 years that I was in the Marine Corps. So like, I just want to say blast to all the staff and COs out there. There are certain events for sure that you should do staff and COs only like staff and CO PMEs. Ain't no junior Marines need to know what goes on in a staff and CO PME. Hunter P like that's a staff and CO thing. Staff and CO officer mess nights. That's a freaking staff and CO and officer event that you should have and should be encouraged to have, man. Senior leaders need to do what senior leaders need to do. But senior leaders need to be where the rubber meets the road in events that require physical fitness or, or let's just say events kind of across the board that generally like suck. Okay. That's where the senior leaders need to be with the Marines. It's not, it's not like, Hey, you know, let's go have a staff and CO PME and legitimately talk about what we can do to be better as staff and COs. It's the like, hey, let's not just have a staff and CO CFT, like, because I don't know why you would even do that. Maybe because you're afraid that they're going to see that you haven't been freaking working out and that maybe you need to be on BCP or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that's that's one parting shot, man. Like, obviously, there's definitely staff and CO events that need to happen, but the CFT and the PFT are not staff and CO events. Those are freaking events that you need to be there. You need to be a part of. You need to live and breathe with your Marines, man. If you're not PTing, hey, this is the, go show them. Look, I ain't been PTing. Get embarrassed, man. Embarrassment is one of the best teachers ever. You learn that on the depot on your first day when your senior comes out onto the deck and you have to be a challenge six minutes and the whole house is completely thrashed and the senior goes, hey, recruits, I don't know why fill in the blank. And you're like sitting there and they're all looking, all the recruits are looking at you like this. <laughs> they're like, yeah, senior don't know why senior don't know why this third hat. And you're like, you're like, okay, like, okay. Yeah. You got me. I didn't look at the T card. I didn't know Chow was at freaking 1200, man. And I've been IT and kids for the last 35 minutes, you know, like whatever. Um, theoretically, I never actually IT'd any recruits before Chow. That's a fact. From there, I want to say one more thing. Um, where you get where you get the chance, okay? Um, the Marine Corps teaches you a lot of things, uh, and this will be kind of my like parting shot right here. The Marine Corps teaches you a lot of things. Um, the number like one thing I feel like like I don't know. We could even just do like a little test. Like what like I don't know. What do you think the most important uh, like leadership uh, trait? is like to you, you know, I'll ask you that question. For me, it's integrity. Integrity, man. See, it's always the eyes. It's always integrity. And then we got initiative. These are like the two I words, man. Like those are like, for me, right on the money, initiative and integrity. If I can't trust you, like we got nothing as a leader. And if I, if I don't have that integrity, if I'm not like exemplifying that integrity, then as a junior Marine, if you look at me, you're probably thinking, I got nothing. We're, we're on the same page now. If I can't trust you, you can't trust me. We can't do nothing. Got it. Check. Integrity and initiative, man. I feel like the two number one tied equal things as a Marine that the Marine Corps teaches you are these things. Like if you're not employed with something, become employed. Don't just wait around. Like if you're not doing something, there's something you can be doing. Figure out what it is. And if you're, if you're going to do whatever it is you're going to do, do it to the best of your ability. Don't just be the recruit that's that's doing this, right? That's stuffing sheets. 
that's stuffing freaking green blankets during field day to make the rack tight when all the other recruits are freaking like really clean in the house and like trying to like give an actual and honest effort, you know, don't just be the arbitrary person, like do the things you got to do, do them well, uh, and do it to the best of your ability. And if you're not doing something, figure out what it is that you need to be doing and do it, whatever it could be anything, just make yourself useful, take the initiative, seize the initiative. These are all Marine Corps terms, Marine Corps S. And lastly, the Marine Corps teaches you to lead. At least they claim they do. So if you're not going to lead anyone, lead yourself. Like lead yourself first. And I'm telling you, the people are going to gravitate. Like once you start to really invest in yourself, your own progression, your effort, your fitness, your nutrition, your finances, your relationships, everything else is going to be like coherent with, with that action right there. So lead yourself, start with yourself. And then as uh, you know, Dylan Hernandez, he always used to say it. We all used to say it, man. Like two things, slay yourself so no one else can and demand of yourself before anyone else or before you demand of anybody else. So if you ain't demanding of yourself, don't demand nothing of me. And if you ain't slaying yourself, you best believe like I'm going to slay you. You know what I mean? Like because I'm, <laughs> I'm in the fight, man. I'm in the fight. So that's that's all I got, bro. I hope that I hope that all makes sense. And I know I ramble, so I know you got a lot of content here to go through, dude. But um, <laughs> if you ever need anything else from me, man, hey, you know I edit videos. You know I freaking do photography. I do all that stuff. So let me know, man, if I can help any way. Just shout me out, okay? Thanks, Jake, man. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, this is Jake, Jacob Scott, F45 coach. Follow him on Instagram if you don't know. You Now you know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pit Talk Pulling Pits and Opinions with your host, Gunny G. And we out. Pit Talk is a podcast featuring active service members discussing thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, your discretion advice. Thank you.